Everybody, welcome to the Sports 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 Podcast. I am Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomville. and joining us as always is the Sports Outsider, Phil Rancher. Hello, gentlemen. Clock new record. <laughs> wow, it's pretty good. Pretty that fast. Pretty That's why people like this podcast is for its uh, efficiency, speed, yeah. and efficiency. We're always setting a new PB or PR depending yeah. on what you use. The people who are listening to this on two X as I do my podcast, they just didn't understand a word of that. I can't do that. I can't do it. What's two X? Uh, two times speed. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, or even I, one and I a half. I didn't know that. Yeah. I used to, when I was transcribing stuff. There we go. Like interviews, we would have to like slow it down to half speed. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst thing ever because you're sitting there listening to this slow motion voice and like trying to type every word down. Well, idiot reporter Joel Anderson. <laughs> yeah, oh, if you didn't make fun of me so much, it wouldn't be so hard to hear it in slow motion. Yeah, like, right? Yeah, it's bad enough that I had to do it in person, but now well, I have to relive dumb, your insults. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not going to inaccurately transcribe No, it. that'd be irresponsible. No. Yeah. But it's a sports comedy podcast. Joel Ish. and I know some about sports. Phil knows very little about sports. Nothing. I would go yeah. so, well, not nothing. Basically nothing. I know who Tim Tebow is. Well, yeah, and I know the basic rules of all games. In part because you've, you've <laughs> yeah. sat here through roughly like 150 <laughs> yeah. segments about Tim I Tebow. I know who right. Tim Tebow is, and I know the basic rules to all games. Yes, that sums king, me up. King me. Right. I, I'm also, I, I would actually, this might be a good idea for next week. I would love to quiz you on the basic rules of the four major sports. I don't think, I think that I would do well. See if I don't you think that would be good actually podcasting. Pull them no, I think I would do well. I think okay. that you'd be surprised. So maybe we do. don't put it in the podcast. I'd just like to do we'll it. We'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put a knife above your pinky finger and be like, get one wrong, Phil. I dare you. I bet I'd get him right. What I know the basic rules of all games. This has been established. What qualifies as icing in hockey? Uh, that's a great question. Oh, I assume shit, it's Phil. when you give somebody a cake and I it's feel got like, I feel icing. like the, the more fair question to Phil would have been, to describe what happens and say, what is this called? But we're not going to do that. Right. Phil said he knew the basic rule. Right, rules. okay. Icing's a very basic rule. All right. Well, no, anyway, I it's don't a think sports it comedy podcast. We have Rob Gronkowski on the show hey, today. Gronk, hey, Gronk, our buddy. Gronk. Yeah, we got, uh, we got a news, news, news. We got a wide world of weird sport. Goddamn right we do. Uh, Gronkowski's here to talk about his retirement. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's where we are. But first... Tim Tebow update watch update. Tim Tebow update watch update. Brought to you by Mentos. Feel the rush in your mouth. Tim Tebow's birthday fundraiser helps 150 Filipino children receive life-changing surgery. Bless his heart. <laughs> Subheadline: Johnny Manziel looks like, like a combination of confused and furious. That's how you spent your birthday? <laughs> oh yeah, he's gonna go to Vegas. Uh, Timothy Richard Tebow, who? Unlike Andrew Luck, is involuntarily retired. Celebrated 32 years okay, on Okay, I got to stop you right there, Jordan. A, I'm sorry. No, I I got to get something off my chest. Okay, here. we're doing the All Tim right? Tebow update. Right, watch right, up right. But you, can, you can finish that after I just take one second to mention how fucking awful Colts fans are. Okay? Oh, I think I know yeah, what this they, is about. Colts they fans? booed Andrew Luck because he announced his retirement and in the middle of well, the game. Well, probably because they were disappointed that he was retired. Well, no, but you know what? <laughs> Fuck you. Oh. Fuck you. If you're a Colts fan who booed, fuck you right in the ear. Weren't they booing this no, situation? No, no, no. Let me finish, Phil. Okay. This is ridiculous. 
What, you think you deserve a great QB? Oh, we're just football fans, so we should have someone who plays quarterback well. The universe owes you something? All right, fuck you again. All right, as a Detroit Lions fan, the universe owes you exactly jack shit. Oh, this is a Detroit thing. Do you have any idea how good you've had it? Okay, you got 13 seasons of Peyton fucking Manning and then cut him loose to replace him. The commercial guy. With Andrew fucking Luck. That's astonishing. Okay, so you're basically just a bunch of assholes for not saying, hey, boy, we've been so lucky to this point. We should really overlook Well, that's the this. point, is they were probably booing because no, 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 no. they were upset try, that they Try this on retiring. for size, okay? Between Matthew Stafford and Bobby fucking Lane, okay? <laughs> that's the guy from the 50s. There's a distinct chance the best QB in Detroit was John Kitna. John fucking Kitna. I've no never franchise. Heard that yeah, name. I know yeah. you haven't okay. because he was not good. Okay. No franchise should ever have to look back at a 50-year period... And say our best time at quarterback was John fucking Kitna. Barry Sanders. I'm getting to that, okay. Bill. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, John Kitna's two years were probably the highest level of QB play that we had. Saddest phrase ever and maybe also <laughs> true. Okay? okay? Crushingly depressing. We have won. A whole monologue? We have won one playoff game since 1957. All right, and that was with Eric Kramer at quarterback. Ah, Kramer versus. Do Kramer. you remember Eric Kramer? Kramer from Zion. Vaguely. No, you fucking don't. I mean, you do because he played for the Lions. Nobody else does because he's Eric fucking Kramer. He's a not even a point in the history book for the NFL as a whole. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> The best offensive team in Lions history had Scott Mitchell at quarterback. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get a lot of former NFL players on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. yeah. Sean Spicer. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Kind of right. Yeah. Well, great. Our ex-quarterback was actually on The Biggest Loser. Okay. At which point the show's title reached its zenith of how apt it could be. Is that Be- real? Is no, that- yes. Okay. The fat ex-quarterback on Biggest Loser. <laughs> I, did not, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> led the best offensive team in Lions history. Did he history. Have trainer Bob or Jillian? I don't know. I didn't watch. I wanted okay. to see no more Scott Mitchell than I already had to this point in my life. Fair. Touchy you want to talk about luck, right. lowercase l? Try drafting two QBs in the first round over the last 30 years and have them be Peyton Manning and Andrew fucking Luck. All right, going back to 1990, you've had three picks and two franchise quarterbacks. The one miss was Jeff George in 1990. The Lions also took a quarterback in the 1990 draft. Six picks later, Andrew Ware! Andre Ware! Andre Ware! Okay, so I know you're like, oh, how bad was Jeff George? It could be a lot fucking worse, Colts fans! I could say that for a fucking fact! We drafted three quarterbacks in the exact same period, and two of them were Andre Ware and Joey Harrington. <laughs> and then, because we drafted Joey Harrington and we decided the smart course of action was to draft weapons for Joey Harrington instead of a defense to make up for the fact that we could not move the ball to save our fucking lives. No, we used our next three top draft picks on receivers for Joey Harrington. For Joey Harrington. That's like buying hats for someone with no fucking head. It's (laughs) stupid. And we did it. And if it weren't bad enough, two of them were terrible. 
terrible receivers. I would think that if you didn't have a head, you'd want a hat to try to try to hide the fact that you don't have a head. You know what I mean? Do, do you think this is a joke, Phil? That's pretty do, funny. Do you think this is me kidding? Okay, this is fucking serious. He's not kidding. All right? Okay. I am not fucking kidding. I have been traumatized. Traumatized by being a Lions fan. And you're booing Andrew Luck. They're not booing Andrew Luck. They're booing the situation. No, they, they they're booing Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. And not just the Jersey Shore situation, although that's why I assume all boos are going to it. Yeah, so, oh, I'm so sorry. You had a really good player retire early. What could I possibly know about that as a Lions fan? Oh, except arguably the greatest wide receiver of all time and inarguably the greatest running back of all time. Jerry Rice. <laughs> no. No. It was, it was, it was Barry Sanders, the oh, second one. Yeah. Other the first one was guy. Calvin Johnson. Uh, yeah. there we go. Both retired hmm. at the prime of their career. Not because they had chronic injuries, but because playing in Detroit was so soul-suckingly awful that they just wanted to give up. Okay, this is the equivalent of Peyton Manning after the 2006 season going, eh, I'm just not feeling it anymore, and leaving football. Okay? You don't know what it's like. You do not. Okay? So, uh, in review, point one, fuck you. Okay. Point two, you're all overprivileged babies. Point three, fuck you in the ear. (laughs) Four, you're the luckiest assholes in most of the NFL and you don't realize it. And point five, all Colts fans should eat shit and die. Thank you. Joel does not reflect the feelings of the rest of the podcasters. Yeah, fine. So, Tim Tebow. Uh, We're just going to close it up. Tim Tebow update, watch update. Tim Tebow update, watch update. Brought to you by... Mentos, feel the rush in your mouth. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. College football hot take predictions preview cannon. College football hot take but, uh, predict, preview, predictions preview cannon. Brought to you by the Linguistic Society. Learn how to pronounce things and read things at the Linguistic Society. <laughs> this one's for Joel. All right, Joel. Hey, whoa, load whoa. the cannon. Cannon loaded. All right. <laughs> So here we go. Here's some college football hot take predictions previews. I'm looking forward to this. Cannon. Yep. It's commonly thought that USC will fire Clay Helton at the end of the season and hire Urban Meyer. But the Trojans are going to shock the college football world this year when they fire Clay Helton midway through the season and hire Urban Meyer. (laughs) Woof. Dabo Sweeney's annoyingly self-righteous stance against paying players won't look so hypocritical when it comes out that Clemson pays its players, but far, far below their market value. (laughs) Oh, no. On their way to another national championship game appearance, Alabama will lose one close SEC game. As a result, Tua Tungavaloa's dad is going to beat him so hard that Alabama residents will be forced to put aside any racism they have against the Samoan family for their love of beating kids to set them straight. <laughs> oh, man, that was a dark one. Ooh. Entering his fifth season as Michigan's head coach, it seems as though Jim Harbaugh's record against Urban Meyer won't get any worse. Until a knowing <laughs> cackle comes from the L.A. Coliseum and newly minted Trojans coach Urban Meyer whispers into Harbaugh's nightmares, Go ahead win the Big Ten, but I don't think you'll be winning a Rose Bowl anytime soon, motherfucker. It too in theaters now. In his first season at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher went 9-4, and four, but this is the year the Aggies win 10 games, and for the first time since the former FSU coach landed in College Station, Texas, when someone says something about Jimbo, people won't ask, oh, it's Jimbo. Right, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, in that area, yeah. they'll just know. 
Uh, when he went forward in time, Doctor Strange saw how many, Phil? Uh, uh, mi- many millions. 14,605,000 yeah. alternate futures. Right. And there was only one where Group of Five Power, the University of Central Florida, made the college football playoff. <laughs> Actually, well, sorry, that's a typo. And he can't say how it, to get there. It won't come true. It's, it's a typo. It's, it's none. There were oh. none. There were none futures Poor where the Strange. UCF Golden Knights. What a waste of his time. Make you know? the college football playoff. Yeah, really. Yeah. Misuse of his power. Right. Misallocation of resources. I think it's a good system for them. They could just keep telling themselves that they were national champions. <laughs> and... That's better than having to go to the playoff and be proven that you're not. Right? I'm not feeling so good, Mr. Stock. <laughs> Is that death of Spider-Man? Yeah, right. Oh, it's the saddest moment. Yeah, of, it's pretty uh, tough. It's tough to watch. Uh, the Pac-12 and ACC will compete all season to see which Power 5 conference has fewer teams in the top 25. The winner will be... Cord cutters in the ACC and Pac-12's cable footprint. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mercifully spared from paying for the Pac-12 network, the ACC network, or anything from Chuck Lorre. I like that. <laughs> uh, after winning the Big 12 in each of his first two seasons as Oklahoma Sooners head coach, Lincoln Riley is going to try not to have a scrunched-up, grossed-out look on his face when assistant coaches want to use practice time for defense. Oh, <laughs> Gross. Not fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. At Michigan State, Coach Mark D'Antonio will prove he's figured out a way to fix last year's terrible offense. How will he do it? It's quite simple, really. The quarterbacks coach became the offensive coordinator. <laughs> the co-offensive coordinator running backs coach became the quarterbacks coach. The other co-offensive coordinator became the offensive line coach. The offensive line coach became the tight ends coach and special teams coach. The defensive backs coach became the wide receivers coach. And the wide receivers coach became the assistant defensive backs coach. In fact, D'Antonio's only new hire was Bernie Madoff, whose title is Shell Game Consultant. <laughs> ah, I could not be more confident <laughs> about the upcoming season. If we can average six points a game, I think we'll win eight games. You're going to have to average six points. You lost a game 6-3. It will be tough. <laughs> But I think we can get there. And lastly, the venerable Lee Corso will finally stop pretending he's a college football analyst and instead will only wear one mascot head all season, his own, and a comically large foam pencil embracing his role as the mascot of ESPN's College Game Day. That's yeah. fun. What, what about his incredible analytical skills? <laughs> Insights that he provides to his viewers. Well, he'll still have the foam pencil. He can, he can like, hit someone on the head and be like, not so fast, my friend. Yeah, see, that's you don't get that from just some ex-player. That's a really good catchphrase. Fire the cannon, Joel. Uh, fire the cannon. This has been the college football dot something with the hot take predictions preview cannon. Brought to you by the Linguistics Institute. We're going to enroll Joel whether he likes it or not. Joining us now on the podcast is former Patriots tight end and Super Bowl champion Robert Gronk. That's my name. I'm Gronk. Hey, it's Gronk. Great to have you on, Gronk. It's good for me to be on because right. I'm Gronk. So, I mean, I think it's uh, it's great that we have you booked for this week because with all of the... the hol- well, what other week would it be? It's I mean, this week. That That's right, Gronk. I'm Gronk. That's, yeah, no, you don't have to end The week your- that we're in right now is this week. That's a hundred percent. And next week will be a different week. That's sort of the point I was making, but yeah. But this week, now that I'm retired, I've educated myself. Oh, really? Mostly about weeks. 
Yeah? Have yeah. you have you uncovered anything like new that you didn't know about weeks? I did. Last week will never happen again. <laughs> right. But you kind of I'm drunk. But you kind of knew that beforehand, didn't you? I do, but when you read it on paper, it's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> All right. Well, how have yeah. you how have you been enjoying retirement thus far? Retirement has been great. Yeah? Yes. And I'm so excited that Andrew Luck also decided to be retired. Oh, really? So you're not... Goddamn fucking Colts fans are fucking awful. Fuck them in the ear. That's a hard pill to swallow. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) So, but uh, I guess what I want to say is it's, you know, and and we'll get back to Andrew Luck, but I know football season's about to start. And so a lot of guys, when they retire, they're fine. But then when the new season starts, they start to get that itch. Like, I'm missing this. You know, do do you feel that? Yeah. It's very hard. For example, now that the season is back, I promised my teammates next week that I would have dinner with them. Oh, that's wonderful. But on the same night, I told my wife I would have dinner with her at the same restaurant. I didn't know you got married. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I call every female friend my wife. Couldn't. Couldn't you just have your wife eat with you and the teammates? That's the problem. They're sitting at different tables. Well, it sounds like I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I don't want to tell you how to do your business. Yeah. But maybe, you know, you call up your teammates or you call up your girlfriend who you call a wife. Yep, my <laughs> wife. Yeah, and, and you reschedule and say, Hey, I have to do a different thing here. But that would make me look dumb. Yeah, you so what to I'm gonna do is jump from table to table and try to keep two conversations going at once. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that works in the real world like, at all. I'm drunk. <laughs> now, when you're sitting with your teammates, what do you yep. think you're planning on wearing? Uh, when I'm sitting with my teammates, I have to wear the jersey. Or else they'd say, Grunk, you're not wearing your jersey. How am I going to know who you are? Right. Does and I'll your- say, good point. So you'll have your jersey on. Now, what are you wearing uh, for your date with this woman you're calling a wife? <laughs> with the woman I'm calling a wife, I have to wear a tuxedo. Because <laughs> she like likes a, really a man in uniform. <laughs> yeah, Gronk, is, have you... And, given- it, and with my teammates, I like my hair a little messy. And with my wife, I need my hair to be neatly parted to the side. <laughs> I'm Gronk. Now, Gronk, have you given any thought to the fact that uh, having to change between your jersey and a tuxedo over and over again through the course of the night is maybe not the most practical idea? It will make me prone to errors. <laughs> could, could I maybe suggest that... I know, don't even know how to tie a bow tie. You might just add one person to your reservation with the players, pull up an extra chair, and have your wife eat with the rest of you. I can't do that. Then it will be clear that I double booked. Oh, yeah. And you, and you don't want to look like the type of person who double booked. I don't want to look dumb. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say maybe your teammates and or girlfriend would not be so surprised. I don't think that they should know the realities of who I am at this <laughs> moment. <laughs> well, Gronk, it sounds like you actually had a tougher time with the whole weak thing. It's hard. Has there been any other issues you've been having during retirement? Don't even get me started on months. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Is it something- That's made up of four weeks 
and two or three days, except in February, it's just four weeks. Except, you know, leap years. In a leap year. I never learned leap years. <laughs> All right, that was a lot to throw. Oh, we should, no. We exactly that, that, that was that was oh, no, a we leap year. We should not even mention that. How many weeks are leap years? How oh, many, I mean, the same, no. as, the same as a normal year. I'm grunk. Did, did you learn how many weeks are in a year? How many weeks are in a year? A year's worth of weeks. It's yep. unassailable logic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was your answer. That was my answer. I'm grunk. I thought you were just sort of pensively repeating the question. <laughs> no, I have learned sometimes that when someone asks you a hard question, if you just repeat back the question using the words in different orders, they'll give up. <laughs> Very good, Gronk. It's very good. Yeah, case in point. Uh... <laughs> Is there any advice that you could give to someone like Andrew Luck? Oh, I've got lots of great advice Fuck for you. Andrew. Whoa, 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 whoa! Not Andrew, not Andrew Luck. The Colts fans. I just want to. Right. That no, was I'm, just. A, I'm sorry. I just you had a the knee name jerk. That's yeah. Something. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Fuck you. Here, here is some advice from Gronk to you. If you get stuck in a very small elevator and the power goes out. Don't start reminiscing. You'll be in there for 22 minutes. <laughs> did this happen to you recently, Gronk? I did. What happened? I got stuck in an elevator with a delivery man, and I started telling him about my football victories. And before I know it, three days had passed and he was dead. <laughs> oh my God. Were you still in the elevator? We're still in the elevator. We could have used our cell phones. <laughs> but you were too busy reminiscing. I was too busy reminiscing. Were you painting it's a vivid picture for the delivery Very man? vivid picture. Could he have basically seen a picture of what you were talking yes, about? Yes, he could watch it as if it was a show. <laughs> Did the act of reminiscing help add perspective to those moments and give you some insight into your character? It did for end? me. Yeah. I don't know if he was getting much out of it. Yeah, apparently he slowly, like, died of, of a lack of water or food. Then again, he was old anyways. It might not have been food or water. Okay, but regardless, you definitely did He was not wearing notice. a medical bracelet. Oh, no. What did the do you know what the medical bracelet said? Yep, it said, I'm grunk. <laughs> no, wait, that was the shirt I gave him. <laughs> No, nope, the medical bracelet said, "Call for emergencies." Did and you didn't call the number because you. I was reminiscing. <laughs> so Andrew Luck, don't start reminiscing when you inevitably get stuck in an elevator. Just a quick question: Did the guy at any point say that you know he needed to make a call? I and was or, so deep reminiscing, I don't know what was he, happening. Did he use the word insulin at any point? Uh, insulin is not a word that I would have registered. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Ooh, that's, that's a uh, hard one. It's kind of like a memento situation here, that I is. think. Yeah. For future reference, it's important. Okay. When you hear insulin. Note to Gronk. Spoken by someone who appears worried. Remember the word insultin. I insulin. Insultin. <laughs> Uh, close enough. <laughs> Retirement is hard, Andrew Luck. Fuck you. Is there any, any any other words of wisdom you can give to Andrew? Here's a word of wisdom. Every morning, wake up and be thankful for the beautiful day you are given. Oh, that's, that's really nice. Yeah. And yep. Not being 
chronically injured and having millions of dollars with which to explore your heart's desire with the rest of your life. Yep, but then get out of bed. Yeah. If you don't get out of bed, you'll be in bed all day. I, I can and confirm And coach that. won't call you and say, Grunk, get out of bed. <laughs> he doesn't call much anymore. I'm starting to think that it was a pure worker situation. I mean, Belichick doesn't seem like all that warm of a guy. I don't want to go out on a limb here. But yeah, I don't. <laughs> nope, he was a difficult father figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see that. <laughs> yes, I'm Gronk. All right, Gronk. Yeah, well, this has been illuminating. Not necessarily about the thing that we were hoping it would be. Yeah. But nope. illuminating nonetheless. I'm retired, so I'm going to go fishing. I hope I catch a boot. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. All sports, weird sports, everyone loves wide world of weird sports. Wide world of weird sports. Yeah, what do we get this week? This week's wide world of weird sports: the slugger's wife. That that sounds like a really sad story about domestic abuse. Ooh, Joel, come on, man. Whoa, come on, man. I, I, it's two words in combination that I'm sorry that. This is a sports comedy podcast, Joel. (laughs) The Slugger's Wife is a 1985 romantic comedy film about a baseball star who falls for a singer. Oh, that's much better. I've never heard of this. Written by Neil Simon. The playwright? The playwright, who also did The Odd Couple, also did the 1985 romantic comedy, The Slugger's Wife. And wrote We're Coming to America. Yep. Directed by (laughs) Hal Ashby. Oh, not nobodies. Yeah, that's produced a- by Ray Stark. Well, so seems Hal like Ashby this would have been a I winner. Know name. Uh, here we go. Let me click on Hal Ashby and just go down to his filmography. Uh, Harold and Maude. There's one. Oh yeah. Shampoo. That's a big one. Never saw that. There's a lot of stuff in there. Those are the two big ones. Um, but you'd think it'd be a pretty good movie, huh? Yeah. With that kind of lineup. Uh, stars Michael O'Keefe, Rebecca De Mornay, and Randy Quaid. All people in 1985. Yeah. Decent Ooh, size. I've not heard of this. People forget how gorgeous Rebecca De Mornay was, but but she was a knockout. Yeah, she played Debbie Houston in That's this one. really poor choice of words in a thing about domestic abuse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but you guys missed it's the That's sports comedy podcast. Yeah. Let's quit going to the plot summary. Daryl Palmer is a baseball player for the Atlanta Braves. He enjoys the fame. TBS, the superstation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He enjoys the fame and fringe benefits of bachelor life until he meets rock singer Debbie Houston. Is Rebecca he Dumoine. famous for being a bachelor instead uh, of being yeah. a baseball player? Because the uh, syntax would implicate or imply that that's the case. Well, he's both. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but then he marries the rock singer and settles down. But Debbie isn't ready to put her professional hopes on hold. I, I feel like they're describing a first act that should kind of be the whole movie. <laughs> like the courtship and then deciding to marry the singer by a, a bachelor baseball player seems seems like more than enough plotting to handle. I don't know. I'm on go. the edge of my seat here. I need more. <laughs> well, here's the next part. The moment Daryl meets her, his own career takes off. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Uh, he begins a full assault on baseball's single season home record of 61 at the time home run record yeah uh yes it's not a domestic violence uh, he considers <laughs> d- 
He considers Debbie a good luck charm, wanting her to be there at all the games. But manager Burley DeVito, (laughs) yeah, that's right. The baseball team manager appreciates that Daryl's found a settling influence in his life, but teammates Moose Granger and Manny Alvarado become increasingly aware of how obsessed Daryl is with Debbie and how unhappy she has become. You know, I'm just remembering. I was mistaking Neil Simon for, um, uh,. Or wait, no, I wasn't. Never mind. Okay. (laughs) She feels smothered. You're thinking Paul Simon, right? Uh, She feels smothered by her husband who interferes with her career ambitions and goes into a jealous funk whenever she goes on the road. Neil LeBute? Something like that? I think that's the one I was thinking of. The couple breaks up. He's terrible. Spoiler alert. Couple breaks up. It's to the detriment of Daryl's game. And pursuit of one of baseball's greatest feats, beating the home run record. Of How selfish to value your own career and yeah. goals yeah. over the single season home run record. Well, luckily, the movie ends. Debbie comes back to try to work things out. Daryl does indeed hit his record-breaking home run, but it remains uncertain whether the couple's relationship could ever be what it once was. The end. What a sad what? story. Yeah. Well, Sal Ashby. Isn't the ending supposed to be that he winds up not getting the home run record, but realizes that this new relationship is much more valuable to him? I think we should probably talk about how this film was received in order to answer that question. Oh, okay. The Slugger's Wife was a total critical and commercial failure. (laughs) No, no! The film has a 0% favorable rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow! Yep. A review in the New York Times by Janet Maslin began, It's a shock to find Neil Simon's name attached to something as resoundingly unfunny as this. Like Rod- Neil LeBute, you'd be like, oh, yeah. But- <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, totally. Well, yeah. Roger yeah. Ebert, who loves all movies, Roger Ebert was happy time movie guy. He gave, like, the <laughs> Harry Roger, Potter early Roger movies. Roger Ebert the more skeptical one? No, Gene Siskel was yeah. the most skeptical one. But, but Ebert Roger, loved I, I, I think Ro- uh, Roger Ebert was still pretty critical. I feel like he yeah. was not... Mr. He's not. He's no Leonard Mulkin. Well, that's true. Boof. I, I felt like compared to the average moviegoer, Roger Ebert was way more select. Well, Roger yes, Ebert yes. gave the film two stars out of four and wrote, "Has a story that demands to be taken as lighthearted nonsense." And since the screenplay is by Neil Simon, we go in t- expecting to have a good time, but no, Simon's not in a lighthearted mood, and so the silliness of the story gets bogged down in all sorts of gloomy neuroses. Angry denunciations and painful self-analysis. I think I gotta watch this movie tonight. <laughs> yeah. Paul Anastasio of the Washington Post wrote, After seeing This is Spinal Tap and the book Ball Four, you'd hardly think of a dull movie about baseball rock and roll uh, and the two to, or the two together, but here is a Neil Simon movie with all of the banality but none of the sense of humor. Jordan has been telling me to read Ball Four for at least... Yeah. Ten well, years. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> and I keep meaning to do it. And by the way, <laughs> Ball 4 meets This is Spinal Tap. Hell of a pitch. Right, oh, yeah. totally. Well, he called this oh, one, yeah. <laughs> he referred to this as the Nod Couple. You know, because people are falling asleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Neil Simon reference. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, David Anson of Newsweek declared... We might care if we believed in the fateful love of these two people, but this baseball player has the sensitivity of a catcher's mitt. (laughs) And we only put up with him because O'Keefe is a cute kid. DeMornay is even a cuter kid. But between the two of them, there's maybe 40 watts of electricity. I 
I do not like the way that, that he described it. No. Kid makes me really uncomfortable in reference to Rebecca De Mornay. Well, as you can expect, the film was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Original Song for the song Oh Jimmy. Which is apparently an original song. Oh, who wrote Oh Jimmy? Was it Neil Simon? It might have been. <laughs> Paul Simon? Uh, guess how much the movie earned. This is the 80s when oh, all you know movies what? were making 5 of, to 15 I keep thinking of Neil Diamond. Just what are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Uh, $5 million. Joel? What year did it come out? 85. $1.5 million. You're close. $1.3 million. Oh. That is a box office bomb. Well, was the budget under $1.3 million? With DeMornay? Certainly not. <laughs> yeah. That's and that brings then to another wide world of weird sports. I much rather have watched a movie about the Randy Quaid as Moose Granger. Citizens of Podcast Town, the Springs are closing their sports. 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 Podcast. But before we go, we'd like to have Gronk uh, try to give you our contact information. Gronk. I'm Gronk. Hey, Gronk. Could you, could you I'm re- here to give contact information. Yeah, it's right here on the paper. If this just- week. Yes. This week is now. Next oh. week it will be gone. Right, right. But if you could just, there's contact information and scoop everywhere. You can everywhere. find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. While you're there, tell them I'm Grunk. Or you can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast. I am Grunk. Or you can find all of our episodes at anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. We are Gronk. Thanks, Gronk. Appreciate it. Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. Uh, I just have a few more thoughts to share about Colts fans. Bye, Joel. Joel. (laughs) 